0: Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 107 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. Uh, This is coming out February the 21st, and I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, I'm joined by my co-host, Bethany
1: Womack. Hey, Charlie. Thanks for having me today. Thank you to all of our listeners who join us every Monday for the show. Do us a favor, leave a rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. This week, we're going to do what we do best. We're going to cover some social media updates, preview the news from empowering pumps and equipment, and connect you with an industry influencer. Now, I know your week. Probably wasn't as good because it didn't involve a trip to Houston. But how how's your week, Charlie? Um, well, I came home to sickness
0: in my house, so it was not a very good week. Uh, Jackson first, and then we all got sick. And I just have to say thank you, Becca. We had the sustainability summit. She was not prepared to lead that whole thing, and she just jumped in and did it. So thank you so much, Becca, for doing that. Um, No doubt that you could do it Uh, on my side. I just really appreciate that you did Um, and didn't complain too much about it. Right. She just dove in. Um, I want uh, to also thank Amber, who's been stepping up um, this week as well. And so just a little bit of shout outs there.
1: Uh, I don't know, Bethany, uh, you sound a little different. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I've also had a little bit of something not COVID. Don't really know. Um affecting my voice, but I'm working on my radio DJ uh, raspy voice here, um, hoping I'm on the upswing of it. Our house has also been sick and just kind of trying to like will ourselves into being better on a personal level. Today is a really fun day at my house. We call it Womack Day. It's the day that Mark and I met 13 years ago, and then three years later, we got engaged Couple of years later, his twin brother met his wife, and then they got engaged on this day, and then Bowen walked on this day. Just lots of fun Womack anniversary dates uh, on February sixteenth, which is when we're recovering or recording. I mean. So, I mean, just kind of a fun day on our end. But on the work front, one fun thing that I'm going to steal away from you in announcements is that a new Lunch and Learn just went live. Those are always really fun. Uh, Vince had one recorded with Cornell Pump titled, How Monitoring of Rotating Equipment Can Save Money. And so that was one fun thing I did for work this week was get that up and pushed out to our audience. And we're excited to share that with you.
0: Yes. And she's also the one behind editing the sustainability summit to make that on demand and available to you. So lots of thanks to Bethany um, in her production side of her job this week. And just I'm really excited to also know about this Womack Day that um, I think I knew about it, but forgot. So I need to write this on my calendar. So happy to all the Womacks out there. Uh, We love Womacks. Did
1: I say that? I think they kind of lucked out or Mark kind of lucked out because we don't ever celebrate Valentine's Day because we're Mm -hmm. like, well, Womack Day is coming in two days, you know? Um, So he gets half off flowers and chocolates and all of that because right. it's on sale. So I, I don't know if there was some like forethought into that, but you know, works out well for him, I guess.
0: And you, uh, extra and chocolates, me. hopefully. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Let's get on with the show and let's get social. This is where we're going to fill you in on a trend or something you need to know going on in the industry that involves social media. And we always start with Manufacturing Monday.
0: Yes. I love this. Uh, We created it here, right? No. Uh, (laughs) The manufacturing world actually created it. So check out that hashtag, Manufacturing Monday. Uh, Burger is our manufacturer this week that we want to highlight. They design, manufacture, and sell rotating equipment pumps, uh, macerating technology, and feeding technology, of low to high viscosities and abrasive materials. Uh, key applications are going to be found in water, wastewater, uh, sludge treatment, chemical and paint industries, pulp and paper. I could go on and on. I know there's our, there's many, many
1: industries that they cover. And thank you, Borger, for being a partner of ours. Yes, uh, definitely check them out on our partner hub where you can find all of our partners. And I like you, also really like the hashtag Manufacturing Monday to give us another way to plug in and highlight these manufacturers. And we also want to invite you to our virtual meetups for March. The Empowering Women one is going to be Wednesday, March 9th. That's every second Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And we're also adding a new staple feature to our virtual connections there. We're going to have Mentoring Mondays with Stacy Cassio from Pink Mentor Network. She actually won our Mentor of the Year for Empowering Women last year. It's going to launch March 14th at 11 a.m. And what's great about it is you get put together. I'm going to call it with a cohort of other people that are doing these Mentoring Mondays and you get to stick with your same group and and just lean into them and learn from them. And um, I think it's going to be a really good time and a good extension of our normal virtual meetups.
0: Yeah. And it's her give back too, to the community. Um, And I just think that's so wonderful. Um, Anytime that you can get an award and keep going and giving back to the community. I, I just honor that. Thanks, Stacey.
1: Yep. Stay tuned for announcements from Empowering Women about our book club featuring Gail Rudolph's book, Power Up, Power Down. We're still finalizing the dates of when that's going to be, but it's something you want to be involved in. And then our next Empowering Brands meetup is going to be Tuesday, March 15th. That's every third Tuesday. And it's at 10 a.m. Central Time. Pre-register for those. You can find the links in the show notes. And then come, turn your camera on, say hi. We'll be happy to see you. And on that note, you can also get a shout out by staying connected with us
0: at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. So make sure that you you know tag us in your posts. We'd love to see them. Uh, I saw a couple of things this week. Uh, thank you, ABB, for sharing uh, Mark's podcast. I really enjoy you know being able to share the podcast and we appreciate when you share it. It makes a big difference to the audience. Yes. Uh, and then... Nicole Calhoun shared our post of the creation of the Empowering Women podcast. And so I just wanted to make sure that this audience knew about the Empowering Women podcast. Lots of amazing stories there um, from our industry. And so thank you, Nicole, for reminding me to do that.
1: Yes, we love Nicole. She's been a speaker at multiple Empowering Women events. And as always, I just feel like has a powerful message to share. And so I'm excited to share that through the Empowering Women podcast. It'll come out next Wednesday, so two days from now, if you're listening to this uh, when this comes out on Monday. Uh, And when you hear it, add Nicole, tag Shannon, tell them they did a wonderful job. We love all the content she's putting out over there. Um, Okay, our main topic today is we're going to talk – 101 personal branding in the B2B space. So what you need to know working in this industry, working in B2B about what personal branding is and how you can better yourself in that area. So what it is, according to influencer marketing, it's how you promote yourself. It's a unique combination of your skills, experience, personality that you want the world to see. It's the telling of your story and how it reflects and how you act, your behavior, your spoken and unspoken words, your attitude. It's really everything people can see about you, Um, from your pictures to your social handles to in-person impressions of you. I don't know about you, sounds a little scary when you think about that it's everything. And I think that's probably the reason you can't fake your personal brand. You have to just make it true to who you are because there's no way you can fake it 100% of the time.
0: No, and it gets exhausting if you try. Yeah. So just uh, there's some there's some parts in there you got to work out along the way. But yeah. <laughs> if you are pretending, it gets old. Uh, okay, step one, most important part. Okay, is to pick what your brand is going to stand for, what it's about. And the way that you do that is to look at your strengths, your passion, your goals. You know, what do you want your personal brand to stand for? What audience do you want to be following you? Um, Is it your customers? Is it other people in the industry? Um, Maybe new people in the industry that you want to recruit? Just really think about those things as you sit down to write out your bio. Um, Because that's what's I guess that's what people are going to look at when they they first come to your page. They're going to say, okay, who is this person? And let me say this. I have created, recreated, edited, changed uh, this uh, along the way. Uh, I think over 20, almost 20 years we can do (laughs) that. but
1: It's what you refer back to when you feel kind of lost, feel like you're not really tapped into what you want your message to be. You can refer back to that and say, this is, this who, is I who I am. am. This is what I'm about. Let me look at this and let me craft some content that relates to that, you know, that's on which brand, is, literally on brand. Right. Yeah. I love this. Um, okay. So I'll just give you an
0: example of mine, right? I'm Charlie. I'm the CEO of Empowering Brands. I like to empower people and businesses. Um, I like a lot of social media. I like to be positive. Uh, I like to do really anything with the industrial space, like. Take a tour with Bethany, always fits in. (laughs) Uh, But I stand, I like to say that I stand out because I've had over 10 years experience running my company. So as an entrepreneur, and then, you know, I like to get people to use their voice. And so I can write a lot of different ways um, that this bio uh, is presented depending on what event I'm at, what, what, you know, conference or, you know, what social media channel I'm on, but The main thing is I'm empowering people in the businesses. And if this is not, you know, an empowering thing, then I shouldn't be doing it. And that really does ground you and keep you on brand. As yes. says.
1: I love it. We're, we're going to be so on brand today. It's not even going to be funny. But, <laughs> Except I'm not wearing red. Uh, <laughs> well, literally, you're going to be tired of us being so on brand. But if you're here and you're like, you know, why is it so important in B2B, this spot where I'm really selling to other businesses well, it's because in B2B sales and in the industrial world, people buy from people, not companies. Um, personal sales, it's really the cornerstone of our industry. It's what—it's how things are sold, how business is done. Um, and you want people to feel comfortable from you, to trust you, to want to buy from you. And you can do that in this space, even if I'm saying, even if you're not in sales, say you're you know, an engineer in this space, you're still building your personal brand and you still want your clients, your outside companies, your people in your business to trust you as a person. Yeah, and you've got to sell your ideas to get your design yes. across
0: or, you know, the changes in the company that you want to see. So you still, everybody's in sales at some point.
1: Yes, uh, which is a hard pill to swallow for those of us who went to, took one oh, personal no. sales class in college and made a B and was like, glad I never have to do that again. <laughs> um <laughs> she's an overachiever if it's not an a plus then you know done um but you know in how it's important building your personal brand in b2b it's really important to become a thought leader really start thinking of yourself as a thought leader it's what sets you apart um contributing content making it available to the industry whether it's presenting at events or being a guest on a podcast um hint you could like, be on ours you know or sharing relevant content on your LinkedIn, they all make you, they all paint this bigger picture that makes you more credible, makes you a beneficial source to your clients, to um, anyone you come in contact with in the industry, making them think about you first when they have a problem. And that's, that's where you want to live for sure. Absolutely. And other ways that we can support our personal branding
0: uh Hire Bethany, uh, number one, but no, you can't have her, uh, <laughs> but get updated pictures um, more than a headshot. And this is when I always do think of you, Bethany, because, you know, you can you can take that headshot and it can carry you for a while. But if you're going to really try to build your thought leadership, you've got to have different images to use. And the best way to do that is to get some of you in um, your environment. Um, OK, pick your signature colors red is normally my signature color. We'll say this is a shade of red. Uh, But this is really important because you want to know, okay, if I'm creating this document, what type of colors am I going to want to put on it? It needs to be on brand. And so you don't have to think about it over and over. Like this is just what it is. Um, I think, That's wonderful. Um, It's something
1: about like simplifying your choices, you know, like Mm -hmm. the Steve Jobs wearing the same turtleneck every single day. It's like, okay, Charlie's colors are red. When I'm going to make a graphic, I'm going to use some red and some colors that match with red. And people recognize that because you've built your personal brand, you know. That's right.
0: And you recognize that you're on brand. You feel like it's almost like getting dressed to go on the stage, right? Like you're putting on this color that represents you and it means something to you. So red actually does mean something to us. Um, And, you know, all the colors have meaning. So I would challenge you to look those up when you're deciding what your color is, because there's a feeling associated with the color and a brand. Um, also, I would update your bio, which we talked about a little bit, but you want these to match across the platforms. They can, they can edit and twist, you know, with the limitations that we might have yeah. on the platform. Uh, but it should be a consistent message. Um, this is one of my favorite tips. Uh, get comfortable with the video. I had to do it myself. Uh, sharing stories and content, um, some of these things, they just,
1: you put them up and then they disappear. Bethany, what is that called again? Ephemeral content. So it comes and it goes really quickly, uh, which I find less intimidating. Uh, You can post a story. It's gone in 24 hours unless you save it, but it's a good way to get some practice being in front of the camera and to help people meet you, learn who you are, feel like you're a friend, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And I think it also gives you that personal touch where, you know, you may just want to capture something in the moment, but you don't want the quality to kind of mess up your social pages. And these stories allow you to do that. Right. Um, It's just about, okay. here's a clip, a clip about me and what I'm doing. Uh, So I I do challenge you to do that because we like to see that that real person that we've followed. Okay, what are they about? What what makes them stop and get their camera out? That's really what I want to see. Yeah. And. The other part of that is start acting like a thought leader. And, you know, sometimes we have to tell ourselves that this is what we are. Uh, I'll give you this example because it's really fun and for me. Uh, I used to be called the founder and president. And one day I just decided that I was going to be the founder and CEO. Uh, I looked it up. I, you know, made sure that I could legitimately be called a CEO if it's not like a, a corporation. Uh, but I'm an S-corp, so it counts. and. Then you could see that my personality and brand changed a little bit because I had that authority tied to my name and I believed it. So sometimes you might have to tweak your message just a little bit for yourself. And that's what I did. And and hopefully, you know, I have improved a little bit from president to CEO. I don't know. It makes me think I'm in the right place because I have some ideas to share. So
1: that's, I guess, my tips. People call you to speak at their engagements. You've launched all of these uh, companies and events, which we have a really fun one coming up too. But you're you know, Bethany, them. we we did
0: either a blog or a mention of that. What is a thought leader? And one of the things was if somebody is calling you, that yes, that's how that was one of the things that we listed out. Okay, what what are our measurables here? So okay,
1: I'll be a thought leader. Here's some quick things you can do right after listening to this podcast that will help improve your personal brand, update your profile pictures to match on all of your platforms. So it's that professional picture that you want customers to see you as, um, on all of your social media platforms so that they know who you are. And then the second thing is just commit to posting and interacting on social media regularly. You know, set, give yourself a 15 minute time frame every morning, log into LinkedIn, share an article that you see, log into Facebook, comment on a company's thing, but just commit to trying, to putting in the effort to, to putting your personality for your personal brand out there so people can get to know you.
0: Yeah. And I think just one more thing on that with our values, um, if you sit down and you write your bio and you're, you're going to have to think about your values and what you stand for, and that's going to help you in your everyday life. So I say your personal brand is super important and it's important that you have a hand in creating that so that the world knows who you are and who you want them to know who you are. I don't, Yeah, I don't know how I I, said that right.
1: I love it. No, we're we're picking up what you're throwing down, Charlie. And right now we are going to move. Oh, well, before we do, next week we're going to wrap up our sessions on personal branding. Send us any questions that you might have about the topic since it'll be our last week that we're covering it. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to find you some good content that we haven't shared yet and, uh, get you that last bit of information before we move on to next month. Okay. So now we're going to move into the news. This is where we're going to preview the news coming out from the empowering pumps and equipment newsletter. This week comes to your inbox twice a week. Sign up for it. If you aren't already, there's a link in the show notes. Um, We start with our person of the week. Okay.
0: Lexi McDermott. She's a welding supply channel specialist at DynaBraid Power Tools. Uh, I loved her story. The best thing about my job, she says, is creativity and freedom involved in it. Uh, Being in welding at all. Amazing. I can just see that. Um, I says she travels the U.S. to support... Uh, Dyna Braids, 35 territory managers to assist in their growth and support of the welding industry, uh, which made me think she needs to come and check out our event that's coming up. So go there, Lexi. We'll ask you about that. And the other thing that she says is one of her favorite Aspects of her position is performing hands on training uh, for their tools and applications for distributors and end users across the country. And so I'm hoping that's Texas. Just saying, Lexi, a great time to meet you. And thank you for joining us on our meetup. And just overall, just happy industry person of the week.
1: Yeah, one of the shifts I think I've seen in the past, I'll say, three or four years with empowering since i've been working with empowering brains is really we've been highlighting so many more welders and learning the importance of what they do in this industry and there's a shortage of them and what a great career it can be for people coming uh you know out of high school or looking to start a new career and um, i really like highlighting all these women welders that we see at our empowering women events and through our empowering person of the week so thank you lexi for providing your information for showing up to our meetups And if you would like to nominate someone for industry person of the week, there's a link in the show notes. It's super easy. We'd love to highlight whoever you think needs an extra pat on the back. Absolutely. Okay. Our
0: news item, I guess, my news item is top five questions about solving Waterhammer. And I love to talk about Waterhammer because I understand it a little bit, but If you don't, Check All Valve Manufacturing Company has put together a great article for us. So it says, when you hear a loud bang in the pipes that begin to rattle, you need to go check your uh, pumping system for water hammer. It's a hydraulic shock that can damage and even break your system. Okay, so anytime I hear a noise... In my bathroom, I tell Carter, it's water hammer. I just, I had to, I had to put that out there.
1: It's yep. one of the
0: favorite conversations because I feel like we understand it.
1: We have our water heater. One of our water heaters in our house is situated above our bedroom in our bathroom. And so like... When we first moved in, I thought there was an animal in the attic. Okay, I made Mark go up there and check, and then he's like, "No, there's something bad going on with the water heater and all the the pipes up there." And I'm like, "Oh crap, Charlie's gonna be on me to call a plumber." But I think about that frequently when I hear that. <laughs> well,
0: well, just because I know some things about water hammer, there are some common common questions that are asked about water hammer. Okay, so. This article is going to tell us the questions and the answers. So here's the questions: What is water hammer? What are the dangers of water hammer? What are the warning signs of water hammer? How can how can water hammer be prevented? <laughs> Did you do this to me on purpose? <laughs> no. Um, and how can water hammer be solved? <laughs> and can you get through those many those five without you know stumbling like Charlie? But I think it's great. This is is the questions we want answered. So I'm not going to answer it for you. Go read the article. Check all valve. Thank you so much for putting this together because it's very important.
1: Yes. And I love how they make it relevant really to big industry. You can see it at water treatment facilities and bigger plants. It's not just my water heater in my house, but you can also take some applicable things away and think about your commercial plumbing as well when you're reading it. So that's why I thought that article was really interesting.
0: We'd like to to bring in both sides of the audience here to make sure that, you know, we're touching the things that will stay with us as we go to work.
1: Yes, Love it. Okay. My article is really an event that I'm previewing for you. It comes to us from Vaughn and it's a webinar entitled Thick as Sludge, Evaluating the Hidden Costs of Your Digester Mixing Process. So you can register for this webinar that Vaughn is putting on. It's going to be on February the 24th at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, I don't do time conversions very well, but I think that's 10 central 11 mm-hmm. eastern, but it's so it's going to be on February 24th. What they're going to be covering is the evaluation of digester mixing presents a unique challenge for wastewater utility managers and their consulting engineers. While specific criteria and constraints vary for each mixing evaluations, decisions can be made more confidently if you look at the problem holistically and consider the entire process. During the webinar, they'll share experiences, observations, and data that'll help you look beyond the simple digester mixing metrics and identify key factors that directly and indirectly influence your process. There'll also be some Q and A at the end for your questions. Bring your questions. You know, Vaughn always brings really helpful content to the industry to help people understand their problems, and I think this webinar is going to be no different, and would be definitely a good one to register for if you are working in that space and using those. Mixing process digester pumps. I love it.
0: I it, well, I love anything that's Vaughn's doing. They're really showing yes. out these days. So, uh, thank you and shout out Stephanie for listening.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. Okay, now we're going to move into a favorite segment of the podcast, the interview. We have a really good interview that Charlie brought for us today. Uh, Charlie, why don't you introduce him?
0: Yes. So Gakuo Dango, he is. One of my favorite people, I can go into a lot of stories, but I'll save that for the podcast. He is an application engineering expert with SKF USA. He has spent over eight years working in the fluid industry, and his expertise is in rolling element bearing applications for pumps. So, of course, that's why I like him. I see him around yes. the pump industry quite a bit. Uh, but early in his career, he started working in the industry as a mechanic uh, and then later became a sales engineer. So he understands all that technical uh, problem solving, problem solving uh, part of the business, uh, which makes him just quite an asset to SKF. I think sales Uh
1: engineers are one of my favorite people in the industry because they can usually explain things to me in a way that I understand, even though I don't have an engineering degree, uh, but are also so incredibly smart and know how all these things work. I just, I love them.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And he also loves to help others. So he likes to train and mentor other people in the field. Uh, He's passionate about fostering that diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, even (laughs) makes me feel included when I'm around him. And so, you know, he will be driving his organization to make meaningful change, and I think our conversation uh, absolutely does that, and so I hope that all of you will enjoy listening to it.
1: So without further delay, here's your interview.
0: Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. You, I think, were my very first Facebook Live interview. And so it's wonderful to be, you know, just spending time with you today, getting to know you a little better. Um, And I guess we'll start with you then. You just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: Thanks again, Charlie. I know uh, we've run into each other many times, but uh, some people, you know me well, and not a lot of people do. So I'll introduce myself. So first off, let's start with my name, which can be tricky for some. Uh, so, my name is Gakuo Danga, and I'll help everyone break that down. So, it's three syllables Gakuo, and then the last name Danga. And I'm sure people are wondering where is that from? Okay. I and, am. <laughs> I'll tell you. So, I was actually born in Nairobi, which is the capital of Kenya, which is on the East Coast, Eastern side of Africa. And But I've lived in the United States for most of my life. Uh, so right now, I'm um, settled right side this outside the city of Philadelphia, working as the as a application engineering expert for SKF. As you can see, uh, USA.
0: I love it, and yeah, we've run into each other so much uh, because you're active in the industry. You're at different trade shows representing SKF and um, different organizations. I've seen you as part of, um, but I guess I'm. I'm interested on how you got into the industry. How did you find your way to SKF?
2: You know, uh, it's very interesting because when I graduated, I, have a, I got a bachelor's in mechanical engineering from a small university called Rowan. It might not be small for people in South Jersey, but for the rest of the country, it might be. And uh, I graduated in 2008, which as many of you know, was a really tough time. Um, so in you know, instead of uh struggling and you know, kind of giving up, I spent some time doing some you know unique career opportunities. I actually spent some time as a mechanic, I spent some time working for an electronics company, and then I finally find an opportunity in engineering, but as a sales engineer, so that's how I got into this industry, Charlie, this fluid machinery industry. I was selling industrial pumps, centrifugal pumps. I was helping customers with conversions. That's how I landed uh, into the fluid machinery segment. And then that's when SKF, uh, through a recruiter, came and found me. So it's been seven plus years now already, which is a little crazy to think about. But uh, that's how I landed here at SKF.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think probably that background with selling pumps and the technical sales, you know, really does set you up. being a great employee at uh, SKF, right? You really have to understand all of that. And, you know, I've seen several uh, presentations from your company uh, and, you know, it was always at some kind of pump industry event, right? And they're doing the presentation. So um, just having that background, I think is really important. But then, you know, the hands-on aspect, right? Like that knowledge, you can't teach in school. uh, Well, We'll get to that later, but you know it's great to have like real world experience and and see, you know what, how that can fit in. And there's so many different jobs, right? And so finding finding your way. I'm 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 curious about so many different things. But in the last seven eight years, you know how things have changed. Everything is shifting towards digital, and and how does that affect what you're doing uh, in your everyday?
2: You know, uh, it is. It's evolving. And uh, as you and I meet each other at the Turbo and Pump Symposium, sometimes at Weftech, that's the big kind of, you know, up and coming thing is integration of sensors and digital technology with machines. Obviously, it's been ongoing for years, but we're seeing it uh, on the forefront now. Mm -hmm. So I will say this, part of my learning experience getting into this industry, I remember, you know, the first job as a sales engineer. I didn't have any training. There was no training program. It was day one. Figure it out, <laughs> right? right. Uh, you're an engineer. You went to engineering school. Learn, you know, you have to learn on the job, right? And it's difficult, but it, it forces you to kind of be uh, self-sufficient and resilient, which is kind of what's going to happen in this industry. So we're all going to have to be self-sufficient and resilient with all this technology. You know, sensors are everywhere. We're collecting data everywhere. What does it mean? What do we do with it? Um, it's, we're going to figure it out and we're going to figure it out together, but you're right. It's, uh, it's kind of an evolving time and it's exciting time though. Right. Uh, I know the industry is slow to adopt technology, but I think now we're in a really exciting time.
0: Yeah. I love it right now. And I think that if we look at the pandemic and think, okay, this did something good for us. It did kind of fast forward our thinking around technology and, and and digital tools. And so it's made a little bit easier uh, of a shift for people to say, okay, how can I use some more digital tools? This is important, right? It got us through this time. um, And I, I just think it, Opened our minds a little bit as an industry, to, to, and fast forwarded just a, just a little bit. And I, I did see that y'all are employing, you know, your own digital tools to enhance bearing design and performance, which we love. Um, I didn't even know that was possible. You know, I'm thinking about old school. You know, you're put, you're you know, using the the tools and and checking everything at these trainings. You know, how are we going to do that with these digital tools? What does that look like?
2: We're becoming digital and we've be, we've been digital, but on the bearing side, if you think of what a bearing is, which is our one of our core products, right, it's steel, steel, it's a steel component. And you start to wonder, how do we incorporate technology? Well, we do. And um, one of the ways we do that is for one, I don't know if you can see behind me, but there's some uh, quick collect sensor, which is basically, uh, you know, a sensor where someone can mount it to a machine and collect vibration and temperature. And that's one way we can uh, condition monitor equipment, right, easily. So that's one way sensor technology is incorporated, not so much in the bearing but outside. But on the same time, um, we have some more technology that's incorporated on the R&D side, which actually has sensors in the bearing. Um, You may have seen at some point we presented – fiber optic sensing in the turbo and pump symposium where you have a fiber optic cable embedded into the bearing which can actually sense load real time so that might be on the D side but we're doing kind of the similar things whether it's a sensor outside or in the bearing uh we're finding ways to incorporate um you know data acquisition real time and that's that's some of the ways we're doing it uh you mentioned software we're doing that as well I'll, I'll bring it up an example is I recently helped with another colleague. Uh, we worked on a pump design for a customer who was using these spherical roller thrust bearings, if you may or may not know, but they're very unique and they wanted to use them in a paired arrangement um, with oil lubrication. It was vertical. It was very challenging and sometimes difficult to know how's it all going to work. That's where our software comes in. We have a software package that, even customers can use, and we use at the same time to simulate uh, how these bearings are going to theoretically perform before you start building the machines and testing them, where it's going to be costly if you don't do things right. So we kind of have an all-inclusive package: sensors and software, so that you know our customers get as much support from us as they can.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think. Th- You think about digital and you just mentioned like four or five different ways you can think about digital uh, and information and how what we're going to do with that information to make a better product and uh, more efficient systems run. You know, I, I think about you and you kind of alluded to this in your background, you know, where you're from. And I think of you in coming into the pump industry and say, and wondering, like, do you feel included in the pump industry? And these are questions I probably would have asked you at some point uh, to get us and to get me to know that you really care about diversity, equity and inclusion. And I wonder if it's your own experience or if it's something that you you know, have seen in your work. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Charlie, I think this is a good topic because you're part of this big conversation, right? About diversity and in our industry, it's important just like any other industry. So I, I've trying to have more conversations like this because, uh, Things are changing, like you said, right? Machinery is evolving. There's more sensors, but also the world's becoming more diverse. The industry is becoming more diverse. At least it is since I started. So what we are hopefully trying to do is make sure, you know, it's done the right way. You know, I think one thing sometimes that diversity carries this stigma of, well, it means we're going to choose one demographic over another, which Mm -hmm. is really not the target, shouldn't be the target it's more about make sure everybody's included right because we have people of different skill sets different backgrounds who have all something to offer our industry and some of these shows you'll see uh people from all walks of the globe coming in you know to whether talk about pumps or mechanical seals or you know fluid machinery they're all valuable but that's what we have to try and foster more of that and um you know it's a challenge. It's hard work. Sometimes it's the first time people are even talking about this, but you know, with your platform, hopefully, and you are doing it, uh, we can get that conversation outside of you know the smaller circles and get everybody involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know you're right on. It's not about uh, race or culture or or jobs, uh, you know, categories. It's about if they're in your company, do they feel a sense of belonging and and are they included, and do they have the same, you know, opportunities as everybody else on your team? And you know, it's just so much to dive into that that world. I love, right? Like we're improving, and we're looking at how to make our companies better and more sustainable. Because if you don't include people, you don't make them feel uh, like they're thriving and growing and b- belonging, then they would leave, right? So um, I, I just love that you're behind this too and willing to jump in. I, th- I think you're, uh, I don't know which generation you're from, but we'll call you a young professional. It, but it's really nice to see you embrace the technology, even being on this podcast with me is, you know, something new. And I think that that's what we need. And, you know, that's part of that diversifying just what we what we're using to tell the story as well.
2: I agree. agree. And uh, part of what you're doing, hopefully, and I've encouraged other people to think about things this way, is, uh, you know, it has to be very grassroots because you can hire the most talented people or the most diverse people you may think, but if you don't have a good environment for them to thrive, they're going to leave. And I'm sure companies have felt that. So hopefully we can take that grassroots approach. So when you do hire that good talent, uh, they can thrive. And, uh, you know, that's hopefully the goal, but it's definitely a challenge.
0: Well, what do you think what do you think needs to be done? I mean, we I guess grew up here in the you know, I, I like to say the pump industry because, you know, I'm powering pumps, but uh, you know, just industry in general. Um, what do you see that we need to do?
2: A couple of things and you know, let let's kind of start with where the industry's going. I remember working with pumps, you know, we I remember years ago we used to talk about variable frequency drives as this thing that, oh, wow, they're incorporating a vari- variable frequency drive. Wow. That's wonderful. Even though the technology has been here for decades, right? It taught me that we're in a very slow to change environment. Um, so uh, with things such as sensors, with things even such as diversity, some of us are ready to go <laughs> right up front, but some of the change may take decades. Uh Having some of that patience but not giving up and continuing to do it, I think, is the way to be successful. Obviously, now there's more and more pumps using variable frequency drives. Uh, I remember some customers, I was at uh, Weftech, which is a water quality show, and some of them are being integrated uh, into the actual equipment or pump or whatever it is. That's, that's fascinating. But it's taken so long to get there. Uh, so eventually, I think wherever we want to go, we'll set the target, but we have to be patient that it may take more than a few years to get there.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we started uh, talking about social media uh, just over 10 years ago, and I feel like it's just now, you know, catching on where people are being more strategic about how they're posting and what their mission is there as as far as the story they want to tell. But you had to believe in it, and you had to um, understand how to communicate it. So learning everything you can learn about the product and the service that you offer uh, is only going to help you, you know, make that sale into some of these, I guess, uh, slow moving industries. Uh, I hate even to say that because we're we're shifting beyond that. Uh, but it's it's so true. Just the patience aspect is is really key. I think a key point and tip for everybody because you can get so passionate about driving your new product forward. And just hope you don't get frustrated along the way uh, because they will come around. You just have to explain why it's important.
2: Right. And uh, I always think this helps me a lot of times when uh, I do have short patience is, you know, if, if something can be changed overnight, it can also be reversed overnight. And that's kind of what helps me kind of keep patience that, yeah, if you take long enough to build it, hopefully it'll be long lasting.
0: Oh, that's good stuff right yeah. there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to kind of push it back to you uh, as we've been talking, if there's anything you've you know thought about that you wanted to share. So I have so much respect for you in the industry and, and just, of course, want to see you more and, and, and what you stand for. But I think... You, the unique thing that you said earlier about training on the job and and tools that we need to bring you know new people in, I think is really important that we create some of those things if we don't have them um, to make it a little bit easier. But but what else have you been thinking about?
2: You just actually mentioned it. Th- this you know being seven years at SKF, you know a lot of the conversations that's happening now is how do we prepare the next not generation but the next talented people to come in and hopefully take our place so we go on and uh you know replace any talent that's leaving the industry yeah. that's been a really tough one right now you know I, I think even with this whole people move switching jobs constantly in this market mm-hmm. um it takes years and sometimes decades to be an expert and that's not a, ga- a position you can fill within a year or two So how do do we get the next talented group to kind of come in and, you know, like the industry, like what they do, stick around, learn more? Uh, I don't have a solution for that, Charlie. We're trying to figure it out right now, but I think it is kind of our next hurdle uh, to see how we can make sure the next, uh, you know, the next talented group behind us uh, stays around or at least is as passionate. About things as we are, so
0: well. I think with leaders like you that are thinking about that and really um, trying to understand their workers and what they need, and you know, understanding their passion and how they want to be, pers- you know, purposeful within their business. I think that will help. I think it will help us know what we need to change within our companies, and also kind of see where our values are. Uh, the people that come in and are super technical. We, we need to respect that, right? And understand what they need. And then we also need to respect the people that may not be so technical and see, okay, how can we work together? Um, and, You know, if you need help from somebody outside of your generation zone, uh, then, you know, be patient with them as well. So there's all I think there's some things that we will be able to improve and and help people feel that sense of belonging and purpose, uh, which is really important. And I think we're seeing so much talk about that and and. Rightly so, right? We've we've went through something really hard together. Now we're we're going through this um, great resignation or great yes. retention, one or the other, depending <laughs> right. on how you're doing out there. Right. Um, but yeah, we want to we want great talent. The pump industry um, or industry, I, I keep saying the pump industry. Um, I don't know which industry I should put you in because your products go without you know for beyond the pump. But what I want to say is, you know, the talent pool it's outside of just our industry we need to allow for people to come in and feel that
2: sense of belonging. Yeah. And I think what you're doing with uh, your magazine and your publications, uh, here's how I think it's helping is because, uh, you know, I think when people thought about what it means to be an engineer or it means to be a technician, there's always kind of been that template of this is what it means to look successful, right? your publication is kind of evolving that with, Mm -hmm. right. We want to include everybody, but everybody doesn't have the same background, Mm -hmm. same education level, uh, same gender, same race. uh, And seeing that I think is what's going to bring people in is, oh, you know, the fluid machinery industry, the pump industry, uh, there's talented staff from all walks of life education background. I think if we resonate that more I think will hopefully you know, encourage more people to be a part of it because uh, the reality is, yeah, there's talented staff everywhere. We just have to make sure <laughs> we're yeah, you know, targeting I, them.
0: I remember what I was going to say now too. It was, you know, the things that we work on and where our equipment goes, they're vital to life. And we, we can't live without food and energy and water. You know, we have to have these things running. And if you can bring somebody in talent in and help them understand that their job is changing lives every day. I mean, that's, I don't know how you would could not want to work for that. Right. And and that's what I hope that we'll continue to do by having the conversation and showcasing the talent that is in our industry for sure. Um, So on that, I I want you to tell everybody, you know, how they can get in touch with you if they're interested to hear more.
2: Absolutely. So uh, if you want to learn more about SKF, the company, www.skf.com. If you want the U.S. site, just go ahead and type in forward slash U.S. after and it'll take you right there. Uh, We also have Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Look for SKF USA, SKF USA Inc. or SKF Group. Uh, That should link you with all, oh, there's a lot of it, you know, so just be, just be mindful. There's a lot of information out there, but that should link you up with SKF as a whole. Personally, my name, Gaku Odanga. You can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, I'm not as active, <laughs> I will say this, as SKF, but I'll be there and, uh, you know, you'll see me with uh, anything I do with Charlie or SKF. Uh, you could probably find that on LinkedIn more. So, um, and uh, that's pretty much it, Charlie. I'm not, super active, but, uh, yeah, at least you have something to get in touch with me by.
0: That's right. That's right. And we, anytime that we can, um, highlight you, I do, uh, and I appreciate you being on here on the podcast and all the work that you're doing out in the industry and just look forward to next time I get to see you, which, um, I'm not sure which event is next for you, but I think I, I may see you soon. All right. Well, on that, I will say bye. For the moment thanks for being on the podcast
2: thanks for hosting charlie i'll look forward to seeing you again whether it's virtual or in person
1: And we're back. Charlie, thank you so much for bringing Gakua on the show. And thank you for being on the show and your interview. You know, when I pulled up his video to watch it, I instantly recognized him as a face that I always see. I saw him at TPS and other trade shows. um, And I think you'll find him familiar as well if you're active at those, those events. And so it's always great to be able to highlight an industry influencer in this industry and just promote what he's doing there at SKF. I think it's great.
0: Yes, and I have to say thank you because this is his first podcast. Um, and I loved when people tell me that. This is our first podcast. So it's I see the future, right? Um, so thank you for doing that. And he was on our very first YouTube live. And so just thank I'm gonna you. I'm going to go back.
1: I'm going to find that link. I think it's still up so I can put it in the podcast show notes too. But yes, thank you. Do more podcasts. You're great at it. Go on other shows, share your story. We love to see it. So that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do us a favor, subscribe, rate and review the
0: podcast. Mention us at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. Email is podcast at empoweringpumps.com. And we'll be back every Monday with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. Hey, the more you talked the better it sounded like bethany <laughs> I just gotta warm up the vocal
2: cords <laughs>